Hi, everyone, and welcome to How to College, our podcast where we get together over some coffee from our amazing sponsors and have some real conversations about what it's like to be a first-gen college student and what that means before, during, and after college. If you're a new listener, our goal here is to democratize knowledge that we've gained along the way, learn a bit more, and hopefully help others going through some of the challenges we experienced before. Today, we'll be discussing the topic of majors and getting the perspectives of some first-gen friends on how they dealt with the topic in different phases of life. So, before, during, and after college. To preface, this is something that a lot of students struggle with in general, and that first-gen students in particular have on their plate in addition to the many other things that we talk about. Picking a major is a huge milestone and opportunity for people to explore something interesting to them. With that being said, let's dive in. Today, we're going to be chatting with Mijin Han, who's actually a friend from undergrad and a co-host here at How to College. Mijin, how are you today? Doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Why don't you actually give the audience a chance to get a little bit more acquainted with you? Hi, everybody. Um, thank you so much for having me on the podcast today. I went to Rice University with Rest of the Three Hosts. And after that, I also went back to Rice University and got my master's in accounting. And I currently work as a financial due diligence associate, working in the mergers and acquisition space, advising our clients on anything related to transactions. I'm really happy to be on the podcast today. And I hope conversations that we have today and in the future can really help you through your journey before, during, and after college as especially for the first-gen students who may really need this extra information to help them along the way. Yeah, that's definitely our goal here. And we hope that our audience will get as much out of this as possible. So with that being said, let's get started with today's topic of majors. So Mijin, let's take a step back and focus on what you were like during the high school phase. Where were you in terms of your mindset? And what were you really thinking about in terms of your major? Well, to be 100% honest, I was a pretty stubborn kid. So growing up, even before high school, I loved reading and especially fiction books. So I had a deep passion for literature. So I thought I wanted to major in you know, either English literature or because I speak multiple other languages and also because English is not my first language, I wanted to major in something like comparative literature. And I remember even my high school English teacher and a couple other people telling me that, hey, it's fine and dandy that you want to do all this, but you should really think about it because it may not be the easiest major for you to get a job in later on. Interesting. Yeah, that's a good point. English as a major is something difficult in general. Myself as like a native English speaker, I don't think that I could really go through with all of the reading and the writing that's associated with it. And to be somebody who's a non-native English speaker, that seems like a lot. And then also now, it seems like current job and your major don't exactly align. That's something that is really common nowadays, but that isn't really thought of whenever you're back in high school and really thinking about things. Were you thinking that you wanted to do something more along the lines of English back before college during the high school? Yeah, so the funny thing is when I was really young, I don't know, maybe five, six, seven or something like that, my goal in life was to get to college and major in something literature. And that was a goal because I was just so sick and tired of having to, you know, learn all these other subjects that I'm not very interested in, even though I was good at them. So I just wanted to study what I wanted to study. So since I was very little, my only goal was to become a literature major. And I didn't really think any further. And at that point, I guess I was pretty satisfied with being able to just study what I want to study because I've always been kind of a nerd. I didn't think too far ahead, but also I was okay with it for some strange reason. 
Interesting. Okay, so you're back in high school, you're loving English and you're loving books, and you're not as concerned about like what you're going to do post college, you're just more so concerned about studying the thing that you actually enjoy doing. Yeah. And also, I really thought that college could be the one chance for me to really broaden my intellectual horizon and really study the things that I'm interested in. Of course, literature, but also a bunch of other things in case I you know, come to encounter them during my college career because it's four years. It's pretty long, to be honest. So I really wanted to use it as an opportunity for me to grow intellectually. But I think, and going a little bit past the high school phase, but in hindsight, I really understand that it really was a good opportunity for me to grow not only as intellectual, but also as a person. Yeah, no, that's a great point. College is a great place to get to know yourself and get to know what you like learning about. So like, back in the high school phase, so you were thinking about English and you wanted to explore different topics. What other areas of study were you considering before you actually got into college? And I'm going to be 100% honest here again. I was a very stubborn child. There was nothing else that I wanted to consider. That was my one goal. And I was very happy to get to that goal. I think maybe if this is not necessarily a major that I wanted to pursue per se, but because I've been studying different languages since I was younger to, you know, high school and onwards, I wanted to make sure that I retain all my languages. So I thought I want to major in literature, but I also wanted to take some classes in other languages that I already knew. So, you know, Mandarin Chinese or Spanish, so on and so forth. Interesting. So back in Korea, a lot of your education did center around learning other languages. I'd say that's fairly different from the focus here in the US, where you might have one or two different languages that are kind of electives. Was learning another language in Korea something that is more commonplace than here in the US? I wouldn't necessarily say so, but definitely everybody starts learning English as a second language starting, I think, third grade when I was little. And then the younger generation, I think they start first grade in, in school. And I don't think that many people acquire second, third, fourth languages, but it's just my very particular upbringing. And my father was very interested in me being able to learn all these different languages and being able to utilize them when I'm in my you know late 20s, 30s. And when I'm really joining the workforce. So I think it was a very, you know, long haul foresight of my dad's that ultimately, which I also found very interesting and wanted to pursue just as my personal hobby or passion. That's a good point. So it was kind of this mix between something that you enjoyed yourself, but also that you kind of grew up doing in school and also that your family pushed you to to pursue as well but not quite in the same way where like your parents really want you to do something specific more so in actually just guiding and supporting you i think my dad definitely had some pointers of he definitely wanted to wanted me to learn mandarin chinese and also russian because he thought that those two countries would become bigger economic powerhouses down the road and i think he was pretty right about china i'm not 100 percent sure about russia maybe i'm wrong here but definitely there was some guided approach to it but also they were very generous with their support for kind of get me like a tutor or um, after school activities incorporating those languages when possible and to an extent, I think it also reflected in my high school education. So I did go to a high school that specialized in um, foreign languages, even though some and quite a bit, to be honest, of students took it as a bit of a joke as anything besides maybe English. But I think it really incorporated my past interests and experiences very well to my education in high school as well. 
That's pretty cool. I don't think I like did anything somewhat similar. Uh, I think that for me, it was more so just uh, learning Spanish to communicate with my family and to be more in touch with my culture. But I don't think that I really explored very much outside of Spanish, not really in school or in college, really, unfortunately. I think that's definitely something that I regret personally. But that's really interesting that that was something that you had as a focus. I think a lot of my decisions, I think moving a little bit further down in the timeline and during college, I think a lot of my decisions in terms of my major or academic interests were revolved around my actual passion and interest with, of course, some consideration for maybe down the road internships or career opportunities as well. Did you really have an idea of what you wanted to do after college then? No, I had no idea. I maybe thought that I could be a wonderful writer. And when I got to college, I soon found out that maybe I'm not very fit to be a writer, maybe in terms of my lack of talent, or maybe in terms of just my temperament not being the best fit to be an author, which is a very solitary work, but not as many you know collaborative opportunities. And I also at one point, not me, but a lot of people around me asked, oh, you're an English major, so you must want to be a teacher. And I was 100% sure that that's not what I wanted to do. So I think the question of what am I going to do with this English major happened more so during my freshman or sophomore year slowly. And then I think it ultimately led me into taking a variety of classes outside of English as well. And I can't say this for sure for every school out there, but I know for sure that a lot of the humanities programs, so like English, history, philosophy, or history, um, what have you, will tend to have, in terms of the credit hour requirements, a little bit less than what some other majors like engineering or architecture might require, um, or some heart sciences also. And one thing that I've learned from one of my English professors during my freshman year is that he definitely emphasized that the reason why the humanities major programs don't require as much of a credit hour focus or emphasis is because humanities is the study of humans. And they believe that to give the students in the humanities department a chance to take classes in all the other schools. So for example, social sciences or natural science or engineering. And at Rice, we have architecture school and also music school as well is a chance for you to really get a comprehensive of understanding of becoming a more holistic observer or participant of what it is like to be human, right? Because it's that's what humanities is. It's, it's the study of humans, basically. And I really believed in that all throughout my college. So I made sure that even though I was majoring in English and I was very focused in it, to make sure that I actually take at least one class from every single school at Rice. I think the only school that I ultimately failed <laughs> and couldn't take a class at was the architecture program. I had some conflict with another class that I really needed for my major. So I definitely did try to explore more and I was hoping to find some kind of, shall I say, calling for my down-the-road career or um, intern even short-term internships or something like that. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Kind of thinking about humanities as the study of humans and really trying to understand why English and different humanities majors have fewer requirements is just so that we can get that breadth and that base of knowledge in understanding how people work, right? 
Yeah, for sure. And I think I really benefited a lot from it. And also, I think another thing is I considered maybe double majoring in something else because there were just so many people doing it. And I also felt this unspoken pressure of having to have some what of a more marketable, shall I say, in the employment market major. And being an English major really gave me the time and space for me to be able to go explore all those other major options at other schools if I wanted to. So I was basically killing two birds with one stone, you know, trying out all these different classes and also hitting some of those requirements because at Rice, we have requirements to take at least a few classes at each school. So you get a little bit more of a holistic education. So I was hitting those requirements, also fulfilling my academic curiosity, and also I'm trying to find a second major for myself in case that might help me down the road. And ultimately, of course, as you all know, I did not find a second major that was interesting enough for me to really want to pursue as a major. But that was fine with me, honestly. And and I think I had a really good experience. So you kind of used the time that you had extra from the lack of requirements in the humanities major to explore other majors that were potentially something that you'd want to add on as a second major, either to increase your marketability as a potential employee down the road, or just to really find something else that you're interested in and passionate about. But I guess for you, you didn't actually find something that you really wanted to pursue other than English, or at least not enough depth to actually double major in it or anything like that. Exactly. So I actually ended up graduating with 141 credit hours. And I also graduated a semester early. So I took 141 credit hours in three and a half years. So every semester, I was taking up to 18, 19, 20 credit hours every semester. And yet I just graduated with one major and people might find like, wow, why why did you have to take that many classes? You know, even for an engineering major that requires the most classes, I think you only need maybe 132 credit hours to graduate or so. And, And for me, it really was because I was curious and and I wanted to learn and I wanted to take these classes. And that really led me to where I am today in terms of career, actually, even though for others, it may not seem as clear because it's not a clearly listed, you know, major on my transcript or my diploma. And what are those other areas that you studied, but weren't actually a major or a minor? One thing that I was very interested in at Rice was entrepreneurship. And that was really, we were at the beginning stages of pushing entrepreneurship as a focus of education. And I think it was definitely because of that wave or maybe even a fad that was going through at that time, really starting with schools like MIT or Stanford or Harvard, of course. And Rice was slowly picking it up. And because of the exposure that I had, I had a lot of friends in computer science departments, and they were very passionate about new technology and working for a startup maybe after graduating or founding their own startup. And because of the exposure that I've already had, I thought that this could be something very interesting that I could learn more about. So I actually took every single class that was offered for undergraduate related to entrepreneurship when I was a student there, even though you know, I wasn't going to start a company right after school, or even though I wasn't a computer science major or anything like that, or an engineer who had a marketable technology in hand at the moment. But that really opened up my eyes. And also, I was trying to pursue a minor in business. I think I graduated with like maybe a class short. That was a bit of a (laughs) pity, but I wasn't going to attend Rice for another semester and pay that much money again, just to, you know, add that minor to my degree. But I, I did take every single class except for one required for the business minor. 
And so my education come from the entrepreneurship aspect and also the foundational classes that I took as a business minor, quote unquote. And also I did take a few classes at the engineering department and also natural science department to fulfill my um, distribution, which is the, the holistic education requirement that we have. And some of the classes that I took really opened my eyes of these cross section between design and problem solving and, and some of the foundational ideas that we talk a lot about in, in humanities or even social sciences and, and how it could be marketed for people out there who could really benefit from these new products or services that have yet to exist today. So there was no entrepreneurship minor and there was a business minor, but you were one class away from the business minor and you took every entrepreneurship class that Rice had. Yes, so I took all the required classes for business minor. And on top of that, I took all the entrepreneurship classes. And this was all just from talking with some friends who were in the computer science department. Yeah, and they were really passionate, especially one friend, you know, after graduating, he ended up working for a company that now we all know called DoorDash. And he joined when nobody knew about this company kind of company. He was the maybe the third or fourth engineer hire, and he was very heavily recruiting with companies out in Silicon Valley and other couple of other people really participating in different you know hackathons or design challenge competitions on campus and I think that really was my way of getting my feet wet in all things entrepreneurship. So you had some friends that were doing computer science and were really interested in entrepreneurship and that kind of grew your interest within the same subject. Yeah, I really liked it because it felt like it was a chance for me to really bring some new idea and something that hasn't been done before uh, to the market in a very realistic and also productive way, shall I say. And also it allowed me to work in a collaborative environment with different passion and talent. Because when I was an English major, a lot of my experience, even though I really loved it and I still have no regrets majoring in English, your experience is more so you read your book on your own before class and you you think about your opinion on the book or, or different parts of it. You go to class, you have a discussion, and then you go back and you write your own paper. And of course, you dare not write it with someone else because then you get close to those like plagiarism issues. Um, so coming from the more um, you, you work on your own and you grow your analytical ability to taking those more collaborative classes as a part of my business minor and also entrepreneurship classes really opened my eyes to how I could use my, you know, soft skills or writing skills, communication skills, analytical skills, and work in a collaborative environment with people who have different strengths and, and talents than I do. So you had the English major, which was this work on your own, not really working together. You read the books on your own, you write the papers on your own, and you might discuss them during class. And you also got a lot of experience with entrepreneurship, which was a lot more collaborative a lot more hands-on and really working with other people to build something together. Yeah. So basically, if someone ever had a chance to look at my transcript, they would say, wow, this is a little bit odd. I know that it says she's an English, an English major, but seems like she took all these classes, you know, related to business, or she took all these classes related to entrepreneurship. And also every single semester, I think, except for maybe my last one, I was taking Spanish, for example, every single semester without fail. And 
that also like would take up about anywhere between, you know, three, four to sometimes if it included labs and things like that, six credit hours of my time. And I took quite a bit of linguistics classes and a bunch of other things that I just found interesting. In that case, you did get a lot of exposure to different majors as you went along, but this was just on your own terms as you explored. Can you talk a little bit more about distribution requirements? And you mentioned that earlier. What exactly are those? Yeah, so at Rice, we had this thing called distribution requirement, which means that you you are required to take at least a certain number of credit hours of classes at each academic department or school. So for example, even if you are a history major, or even if you are a math major, you would need to take at least a few classes in the humanities department, the social sciences department, the engineering department. And I think it's the school's attempt to provide a bit more of a holistic education experience. And I know that a lot of schools do it in different ways. I know that if I'm wrong, (laughs) please go check the website of these individual schools. But I know that, for example, UChicago for undergrad, they have actually core curriculum requirements for the undergraduate students. It's not even, you get to pick and choose whatever class you want to take within that, you know, department, humanities, or engineering or natural science, but more so everybody needs to take A, B, C, D, E, F classes their freshman or and or sophomore year. Or I've also even heard of some schools that have a set list of classes that's available for purposes of fulfilling those educational requirements. Um, and you have to choose within that. And I think one thing that I really liked about Rice, not trying to sound too biased here, but was the fact that you were given a little bit more freedom in terms of the classes that you could choose because yes, a lot of the students would of course, go for the slightly easier 100 level classes if they're not majoring in a certain discipline, because of course, it could be a little bit challenging if you are a non-English major. I'm trying to take a 300 level English class with intensive writing requirements. So a lot of students will take lower level, but I definitely remember some students who just personally had a passion for a particular subject or came with already a great um, experience and resources that they had to tackle those higher level classes in various disciplines and would take those more challenging classes even for the sake of just fulfilling distribution requirement. Yeah, that's really cool. I mean, honestly, those were something that I didn't really have any issue with as well. I just kind of had distributed array of interests. So it kind of worked itself out as I went along. Did you find that you had any trouble in meeting those requirements? Or was that just something that you met along the way exploring your interests as well? I think for me, it wasn't too hard to meet it. And I think it definitely worked out because I was trying to figure a lot of these different things out. But of course, there was a little bit more challenging disciplines, shall I say, because I wasn't necessarily exploring too much in the engineering department or natural sciences department, just because of my just lack of interest in those fields. But there were always some classes that would pop up that would be really interesting that helped me fulfill those things. For example, I took chemistry of cooking and I actually was the very first iteration of the class. And it was a class in which you could learn the scientific reasoning behind a lot of the things that we do in the kitchen when we cook and bake, and also learn how to cook and bake at the same time. So we would learn things like Maillard reaction or osmosis and things like that while we learn about various things like how to cook a steak or how to make macarons or how to use newer technologies into making all these deconstructed dishes that would bring different textures to different flavors by using different scientific techniques. (laughs) actually sounds like a lot of fun being able to explore the science of cooking and actually making sure that you're cooking (laughs) for sure yeah i took chef roger's course i think it was just called cooking with chef roger but not really a lot of science in there more so just an emphasis on cooking 
That's cool. I honestly feel like I got really lucky because honestly, that was what I meant by I really enjoyed my college experience because I thought this could be my one chance to fulfill all of my academic curiosity and interest. And honestly, when else would anyone be taking classes like, you know, chemistry of cooking? I mean, you could when you're like a working adult after your regular work hour, but you know, it's just a lot harder for you to squeeze things like that in. I thought, why shouldn't I just indulge in all these academic interests and curiosities when I have the chance to do so. That's a really awesome perspective to have. So really just trying to make sure that you're using the major exploration process to explore your actual interests and curiosities and do things that you wouldn't really be able to do post-graduation. So I think earlier you actually mentioned something about difficulty of certain courses and people taking distribution requirements. Were you concerned about GPA at all? And how did that really factor into choosing your classes and choosing your major? This may really sound crazy to some people, but I really wasn't too worried about my GPA. So to explain a little bit more about my background, I went to a very preppy boarding school for high school, and it was just a school full of the smartest kid from the whole, like from all around the country. So I was already very used to being the not the smartest kid in the room because there were just always just kids who were so much smarter than me, anyways. And not to say that I took it in a very discouraging light, but it did make me resilient um, and more comfortable with the fact that. That, you know, I may not always get the highest grade in the class, or I may not always get A's for all the classes that I take. And I think having that mindset made me a lot more comfortable with not always getting the best grades in class. And that freed me to take more challenging classes based on my academic interest and curiosity, even though I knew that I may not be getting the highest grade in that class. It's a really great point. I think especially a lot of first gens really have some issues with being prepared for college and really being prepared for the mindset of not being the smartest person in the room where they went to a high school that they were always the the person getting the highest grade on the test. They were always the person breaking the curve. They were always the person really as like, quote unquote, the smartest person in the room. And then you get to college and then you kind of just have an entirely new situation going on. That's not the case. It definitely becomes a bit of an ego check (laughs) if you never encounter situations like that. Oh, definitely. I think it's really good to keep that in check, especially as you move along. And I think that having that being something freeing where you're able to say, you know what, I might not be the person that's going to get the highest grade on this test, but you know what, I'm interested in it and I'm going to have a holistic education. Yeah, because I think grades are really important. And yes, for certain jobs or if you want to go to a grad school down the road, yes, grades do matter. But I also don't want people to just get really caught up in that and not enjoy the college experience as you go through it. And I really don't want to sound too entitled or too privileged when I say enjoy the experiences, but I feel like anyone, and I really mean by anyone, um, who is passionate enough to go to college and pursue a secondary education for themselves, deserve to enjoy that experience for their for themselves for whatever you know interest or whatever passion that may have. And, and for me, it just happened to be exploring all these different academic avenues. And for some others, it may be something else. But I feel like you should try, and even though it may be hard sometimes to live not um, from a place of fear, but from, from a place of curiosity and passion and excitement. Yeah, that's a really good point. So moving on to the post-college phase, what are you doing now post-graduation? 
So I actually went to grad school immediately after my undergrad. And part of the reason was because I wanted to get a little bit more of a technical background. Because so through college, based on my experience, I knew I wanted to do something related to entrepreneurship. I wanted to do something related to business. But I definitely knew that I didn't have enough technical skills to bring to the table were I to join a business-related career. And after taking all those business minor classes, after taking all those entrepreneurship classes, I realized that to thrive in the world of business, you really need to speak the language of it. And I guess it really ties back my passion for language as well. But the language of business is basically accounting. And I thought if I had a strong foundational background in it, I think this could benefit me down the road, regardless of what space of business that I work in. So I ended up deciding to go pursue a master's degree. And also another reason for me doing that is because it also really depends on the school, but some schools will not have those majors for for undergrad. And I'm not saying that I regret that I did a major in accounting undergrad because I honestly feel like I would have dreaded it doing accounting for four years. (laughs) And I mean, if you did, if there's anyone out there listening and saying that I did it, kudos to you, nothing wrong with that, but just I don't think I would have enjoyed that experience as much. I don't regret it. But for me, it was a bit of a combination of my realistic decision to gain a little bit more of practical business skill, but also in the course of doing that, becoming a little bit more of an employable candidate in the market in a more immediate term, because I also knew that there are quite a bit of people who jump straight into entrepreneurship after undergrad. But I knew that based on my risk tolerance, I wanted a little bit more experience to learn before I go do something myself. So you went straight from undergrad majoring in English and doing some business and entrepreneurship classes to doing your master's in accounting. Where did you do your master's at? Oh, I did it at Rice again. (laughs) So I didn't go very far, basically. Oh, okay. What made you actually choose Rice again? So one thing is a lot of the, and this really depends on what you want to major in or what you want to study, but in terms of accounting, a lot of the programs around the country is based on undergraduate education. So if you do want to go get a master's in accounting, a lot of the times your options are going to be limited programs that are usually catered to people who already have an extensive background in accounting because there was an, there were an accounting major when they were an undergrad student. So RICE was unique in a sense that they were targeted for students who didn't have any previous accounting experience, and they were able to provide provide all the course material in the span of basically one year. So it was in a sense a bit of a crash course type professional degree. And I really liked it because obviously A, I didn't have that background in accounting that I could bring to the table. And also B, because that short length of one year seemed like a good amount of time that I wanted to invest in a technical skill because I didn't really want to stay in school too much longer just for the sake of learning some technical skill that could Um, just be another addition to all the toolkits that I already had. So when did you actually decide that you wanted to go to grad school? I think it was closer to my junior year. So because I already knew that I was going to graduate a semester early for financial reasons, I had to be a little bit on a faster track thinking about my post-graduation plan. And I think it was a bit of a serendipity because I was already taking some accounting classes as a part of my undergraduate business minor requirement. Because back then, I I really did think that I I could still minor in business. And I thought I would have enough time. I ultimately didn't. So 
already had a little bit of experience as a single class in accounting. And for me, it was not really hard and it was quite intuitive. And also, I really like that the professor who was teaching those courses pretty much would be my professors who would be teaching those classes once I go get my master's because, you know, same school, familiar academic environment. So I thought if my really main goal here is to get full technical skill, I would rather stay in an environment that I'm familiar with than to, you know, move to a completely different place just to learn this one skill. You decided that after you took an accounting class, when did you actually take that accounting class? So I actually took it, wow, this is quite some time ago. So maybe I might be wrong, but I took it the summer between my junior year and my senior year. I still remember this because I was actually doing a summer program called Women's Business National Enterprise Council Student Entrepreneurship Program. So it was a program targeted for undergraduate students and well, actually some grad students, female students who are interested in entrepreneurship. And the program was from by the the National Council for uh, Women Business Owners and, and Entrepreneurs. So I had to miss the first whole week of the summer class. And summer classes usually you know, run a lot faster because it's in a condensed manner and you meet every day. So I actually missed the whole first week of the class. But uh, I, I was able to do that because I pre-negotiated with the class instructor uh, that I had to participate in this program. And it was quite competitive for me to get it. <laughs> so I just told them that I would make up for it on my own by doing the homework and all that without taking the class. And it somehow worked out. So that's actually pretty hard to do. It seems like that's not really quite about majors, but at the same time, a very valuable lesson in really trying to make things work and really asking for help from your professors. Yeah, I honestly didn't even know that it would work out because I still remember you needed a recommendation from a faculty member to even apply for that program. And I just asked one of my marketing professors and with whom I only took one class because only one class was required and offered for undergraduate when I was at Rice. And he was kind enough to write a recommendation letter for me to apply for the program. And then I got accepted and the rest is history. So you got the letter of recommendation from who? I forget his name, but it was a marketing professor at Rice, and he taught the marketing class for the undergraduate business minor students. So it really was like what you said about asking for help and really being comfortable with that, because at the end of the day, the worst they can say is no. That's a good point. So that you took your marketing class senior year, and you asked for the letter of rec, and you took the accounting class between junior year and senior year. Oh, no, I took that class, I think, my during my junior year. So that was why I asked for that program. So during the spring semester, junior year or something like that. And then I asked for his um, recommendation letter for the program. Like, When did you decide that you wanted to do accounting as grad school? So the summer between junior and senior year. So you had just like asked for like a general letter of recommendation for like grad school and you were just applying to different grad schools or what was that like? Oh, no, no, no. It wasn't for the grad school, but it was for the entrepreneurship program because I was like interested. But that was possible because I was already pretty plugged into the GOSI system at Jones School, which is a business school at Rice. So I was comfortable enough to ask for stuff like that. And it all worked out in the end. And also the reason why I was pretty chummy with the, the marketing professor was because at one point I thought I was going to pursue a career in marketing. So honestly, if I put the story in a more chronological light, it was a little bit more topsy-turvy than I, I make it sound to be. Um, as a you know, I English major, I loved it, but I was a little bit concerned about what I would major in. So I tried out different things like PR and marketing, things like that. And I actually did quite a bit of internship during the semester, which was very helpful for me to A, not only put some things down in my resume, which is good, 
and you want to get a job down the road. And also B, um, it was very helpful because I could supplement the living costs that I had when I was a student. It wasn't like you went through with English and then decided you were going to do business and then you were like, accounting, I'm going to do accounting. So it was a little bit more like you taking business classes, talking to professors and really seeing what it's like to work in different fields. And then you decided you wanted to do accounting. Basically. And I think that's why that exploration phase was super helpful for me. When did you actually start looking for jobs then? I started looking for jobs my fall semester of senior year. And my timeline is also a little bit different from everybody else's because I graduated a semester early once again. And I did that with the intention of going and getting my master's in accounting. And through the master's of accounting program, we had a pretty set in stone system of getting the students employment opportunities at big four accounting firms. Okay, so you started thinking about jobs during your senior year before you did the accounting program. Was that after you knew that you wanted to do accounting? Yeah, it was after. You had to pretty much be sure that you're going to do the Master of Accounting program for you to even be able to participate in that recruiting effort with those people for accounting firms. During your senior year, did you consider jobs or did you just only consider grad school? I considered jobs a little bit, but not very seriously, because at that point, I thought maybe I could do PR or marketing. But after having done various internships um, in PR and marketing, I have realized that the field is a little bit too qualitative for my liking. Even though I was an English major, I wanted a job where I could have some balance between quantitative and qualitative aspects. Internships are really important for you figuring out what major you want to do, what major you want to pursue and for figuring out what kind of job you want to have afterwards. Did an internship impact the major that you wanted? I wouldn't say there was an internship that necessarily impacted the major I wanted to do, but the internship experience definitely made me realize the things that I do want to do or I don't want to do. And it's not even in a broad stroke, like I don't want to do this job or I do want to do this job, but more so that this kind of aspect of certain jobs I did not like. So I could tell myself, for example, oh, I do not like jobs that are too qualitative. Or I could say things like I do not like jobs that are too long-term project-based, things like that, that I could learn over time by doing different different jobs and different internships, basically. So I think one thing that maybe I should have made a little bit more explicit while talking about this is that your major doesn't really have to be a determining factor of what kind of job you get down the road and not even should be a determining factor of the kind of internships you get down the road. And I say this because statistically, there are a lot of proofs saying that, for example, only about 30% of the people out there work in a field that is directly related to what they majored in. And not saying that it's wrong to work in a field that is directly tied to what you majored in. But what I'm saying is it is okay for you to explore different venues to really find out what works for you. And I'm not trying to sound too cliche by saying, oh, follow your dreams, do what your heart desires, but more so along the lines of it's okay to try different things out in college and to come to a conclusion or somewhat, it could even be a midway of a conclusion of what you might want to do and take that on as your first job out of school. I think that's an excellent point. Your major does not have to equal your internship. Your major does not have to equal your job, especially at a liberal arts-esque school like Rice or especially at any liberal arts school itself. It's really hard for you to find a job that actually builds off of your major or a job that actually is your major since 
it may build off of your major, but it might not match it exactly. Even then, you can also pivot and just as you did and go from English to accounting to business. For sure. And I think that should be more of a reason for, for students like high school students or current college students to not stress too, too much about picking a major and tying it immediately to employment. Back to kind of majors and what your job is now. What, what exactly is your job now? Like, what do you do on the day to day? What do you like broadly and, and on the day to day? So I work as a deals professional, which means I work in the mergers and acquisitions space. So it's basically of buying and selling companies. So we work with clients. So sometimes it could be a big corporation. I'm just going to insert some blank names, but I do know that these companies have these investments. For example, Apple or Google or Nike or Coca-Cola, they will all have their uh, corporate development arm. So basically there are these departments within a company that would go out and, and buy other companies to make a part of their own company or sell portions of their company for various strategic reasons. Or I work sometimes work with private equity clients. So these are funds that basically raise capital from various high net worth individuals or institutions like hospitals or teachers pension fund or school endowment. And they take that money and invest on their behalf, um, usually in the form of equity of other companies. So you work in, in the deal space of mergers and acquisitions. Mergers are two companies kind of merging together to one. Acquisitions are one company buying another company in order to fulfill its goal somehow better. It's not the most common field out there, and people might be a little bit unfamiliar with it. But ultimately, it's a lot easier to understand if you kind of think of it as like maybe buying and selling a house. You know, well, okay, you don't merge houses usually, but but you know, if you just think about it easily in that term, then when you go buy and sell a house, you need a lot of other people involved than just yourself purchasing the house. You know, you want someone to do the inspection. You usually go get a realtor, all of these different things. So basically, there are these advisors, right? In the process of you acquiring this house. So what I do is close to what those advisors might do when you purchase a company. So how does your English undergraduate major and your accounting master's relate to your current job? I think accounting master's for sure, it's an easier connection to make because a lot of what you do in, I work especially in the due diligence field, which means that I go in and look at their financial information and make sure that what you see in there is what you expect to see. And also it should be a clear representation of the purchasing price or the selling price that my client would be looking into. So to do all that, you need a strong background in accounting to be able to not only just read those information, but to make sense of it and also to present it in a way that is digestible for our clients. I think in terms of English, surprisingly, what people really don't think about is that communication skill is required at any job. It doesn't matter if you're a veterinarian, it doesn't matter if you are a barista, whatever you may be, communication skill is key. And especially with my job, quite a bit of the work revolves around writing a report. So whatever findings that we may have based on those analytical processes that we may have went through. We, of course, provide those analytical information in the form of like a data pack and using Excel or any other tool, but also we provide a written form of it, which is basically the report that we write for the client to be able to quickly read through and get an understanding without having to really dive deep into those numbers on their own. So my communication skill, my analytical thinking skill and writing skill all comes into place with my current job. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Anything else that you would like our audience to know? 
I think to make a few key points that I have learned myself as I was going through this college journey is that A, your major does not have to be what you do down the road, and B, internships should not be considered as something stressful or something that you do once a summer before your senior year to get a job, but it should be something that you explore as a means to figure out what you like and don't like in terms of a job that you could have down the road. And also that internship can be used as a way to supplement some financial needs that you might have during school. And lastly, three is that everyone should really try to enjoy those four-year college experience beyond just taking classes or picking a major or thinking about what you're going to do post-graduation because this could be the chance for you to figure out more about who you are and the world that you live in as well because sometimes people can start college thinking that they want to become a doctor or they want to become an engineer or even like me they want to major in English and they could change their mind because you really grow and learn so much during those four years. Yeah, I think those were all great points. Thank you so much, Mijin, for your time today. We really appreciate you being here with us and talking with us about majors and all the advice that you've given to our audience today. No problem. Thank you so much for having me here. As you heard today from our guests, picking a major is a very vague and tricky thing. It's different for everyone, and it also tends to be particularly difficult for first-gen students. There tends to be less exposure to different areas of study and work. On top of this, many students feel unprepared for the academic rigor, which can add a lot of stress to the situation. Above all, remember to do your best, stay calm, and try to enjoy the process. Reach out to friends, relatives, and even strangers on LinkedIn. You're not tied to your major for life but it can be a way to explore an area of interest while gaining marketable skills for the future. This is a lifelong process that many people have to revisit throughout the years, and knowing that can make things a bit easier. We'll have some resources on our website, so feel free to check them out and send us your questions and feedback. We want to hear what you think, what you're struggling with, and how we can help. (laughs) 